بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمع أجمعين أما بعد. Today we continue with the يعني the الموضع الثالث the third event يعني from this treatise that we are يعني studying together يعني the third event which is one of the events in the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the author says, الثالث, the third event, قِصَّةُ قِرَاءَتِهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam سُرَةَ النَّجْمِ بِحَضْرَتِهِمْ فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتِ وَالْعُزَّةِ أَلْقَأَ الشَّيْطَانِ فِي تِلَاوَتِهِ تِلْكَ الْغَرَانِيقُ الْعُلَى وَإِنْ شَفَاعَتُهُنَّ لَتُرْتَجَى فظنوا أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قالها ففرحوا بذلك وقالوا كلاما معناه هذا الذي نريد ونحن نعرف ونحن نعرف أن الله أن الله هو الناف والضار وحده ولا شريك له ولكن هؤلاء يشفعون لنا عنده فلما بلغ الشدة سجد وسجدوا معه فشاع الخبر أنهم صافوه فسمع بذلك من بالحبشة ففرجعوا فلما أنكر ذلك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عادوا إلى شر مما كانوا عليه ولما قالوا له إنك قلت ذلك خاف من الله خوفا عظيما حتى أنزل الله عليه وما أرسلنا من قبلك من رسول ولا نبي إلا إذا تمنى ألقى الشيطان في أمنيته فمن فهم هذه القصة ثم شك بعدها في دين النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولم يفرق بينه وبين دين المشركين فبعده الله خصوصا إن عرف أن قولهم تلك القرانيك يراد بها الملائكة and here the author states as the third event and he wants to and he mentioned the third event from the seerah of the Prophet and he wants us to learn an important lesson from this and he says and the third event is the event and regarding the recitation of the Prophet of Surah Al-Najm and he amongst the mushrikeen so when he recited, meaning when Surat Al-Najm uh, was revealed to him, and he recited Surat Al-Najm, and he amongst amongst his presence were the Mushrikeen, and he the pagan Arabs, the who, those who worshipped idols, and and he sought intercession, and he with those besides Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So he says, so when he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reached the verse. أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتِ وَالْعُزَّةِ Do you not consider اللَّاتِ and الْعُزَّةِ So it says, when he reached this verse, the shaytan, and he uttered, he uttered speech, and he, amongst, basically, when the Prophet ﷺ, and he reached that verse, and in that part, the shaytan, and he, he uttered some, some kalam, some speech. And that speech, and he was, the shaitan uttered on his speech saying these are the exalted or the supreme angels indeed their intercession should be sought and he meaning continues so do you not consider Allah wal uzza and Allah wal uzza and they were from one of the two major uh, idols that the pagan Arabs and he worshipped. So then, when he reached there, then the shaitan uttered this and his statement: "These are the and he loved the angels, and indeed, their intercession should be sought." So the people who heard and this and this extra speech from the shaitan, they thought that the Prophet ﷺ had said it. So they were delighted, and the Mushrikeen, they were delighted, and he with this, with this speech. They were delighted, 
and they said something which goes in the meaning of this is what we want this is what we want and we know that Allah uh, is the only one who can benefit or can bring harm I need to a person him alone and that he has no partners but these and he meaning meaning their the idols they intercede for us and before Allah they intercede for us before Allah so the Prophet he continued and he recited okay the Prophet he did not know that the shaitan had uttered speech and within his recitation and that some of the people they heard it some of the mushrikeen they heard it so he continued to recite and what he was reciting so when he reached and he the uh, the verse of course the last verse which contains a sajda a prostration he وسلم, he prostrated and everyone around prostrated with him and including and the muslim that was around him and the mushrikeen they prostrated was the prophet وسلم, and he prostrated so the news of this and he spread with the people that the Prophet had come into agreement and he with the Mushrikeen and that they had basically prostrated with him and that they sort of you know agreed on something. Now everything is okay, everything is alright. So those companions who had migrated to Ethiopia and because they were severely tortured by the Mushrikeen, they heard this news reached them in Ethiopia that this had occurred and that now there's some sort of agreement and between the, the Mushrikeen and the Prophet that they agree on something and now everything is okay. So they and it returned, they headed back okay, to Mecca. This was in the time and when the Prophet was in Mecca in the early times of Al-Islam. So when the Prophet ﷺ rejected this, meaning when the people told him that and he, you, you said this, and he, the shaitan uttered this within and he, his qira'ah, when he recited the shaitan took the opportunity to utter this to confuse the people and he, to spread their batil. So when he was informed of this, he ﷺ, he rejected it. He rejected it and he did not say this. So therefore, what the Mushrikeen did, they returned back to the evil that they were upon. And he meaning they returned back to harming the companions of Muslimin and the Prophet and opposing them. So when he was said to him, indeed you said this, such and such, that he, uh, he feared and he gained fear in himself and he feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we mentioned as well that he was saddened because of this until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ وَلَا إِلَّا إِذَا تَمَنَّا أَلْقَ الشَّيْطَانُ فِي أُمْنِيَتِهِ so when Allah Azza wa Jalla, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse and we have not sent from before you a messenger nor a prophet except that when they recited that the shaitan would utter any falsehood any amongst their recitation amongst any their recitation so this verse and he mentions this that there is no prophet and no messenger which has been sent only before, meaning before Muhammad There has been no prophet and no, uh, no messenger, no prophet except that, meaning there were certain times that when they would recite and the revelation that Allah gave them, that the shaitan took opportunity at certain times to insert, to utter some falsehood, to confuse the people and making them believe that that kalam, that speech actually came and from that prophet. So this is something which occurred and according to this verse, 
with all of the previous prophets Ali, and messengers. Of course, here, uh, the Prophet وسلم, and he did not utter those words. He did not, and he uttered those words. The scholars mentioned is that the Shaytan uttered it, took the opportunity to utter it, and he there and then. And the people around they heard it, some of the people heard it, but he وسلم, he wasn't aware of what had occurred. And he, he was focused and in his recitation. So the Sheikh says, so, so whoever, whosoever understands this and in this event, then they doubt after it regarding the deen and the religion of the Prophet and they do not differentiate between his religion, meaning the religion of the Prophet and the religion of the Mushrikeen. May Allah and He distance them from His mercy, especially and He when a person knows that their statement and the statement tilhal gharani as the shaitan uttered what the shaitan uttered that that means and this statement and that statement at the word al what is intended by is the angels al malaika so this is the event and that the the sheikh and the author mentioned and in this treatise and Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan is going to discuss this and we're going to discuss some of the, and the differences of opinion and the regarding and the, this event. First and foremost, Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan he says that and this event which the author has mentioned from the seerah of the Prophet is known as Qissatul Gharaniq Qissatul Gharaniq and it is as he mentioned that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he recited Surah Al-Najm in Makkah and the Mushrikun and the Mushrikun and the Muslimun the Muslims and the pagan Arabs they were and around him sallallahu alayhi wa and they were within the vicinity so they were and listening to that recitation of the Prophet So when he وسلم, and he reached the verse, and the verses, Do you not consider Lat and Uzza and Manat the other third? So when he and he mentioned this verse, which include the names of three of the major idols of the Mushrikeen in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which is Al-Lat, Al-Uzza and Al-Manat uh, then the Shaytan, the Shaytan and he uttered some false speech at that point to confuse the people, to bring doubt in the hearts basically of the people and to spread Fasad Sheikh Fawzan says Al-Lat and Al-Lat it was one of the idols that was present in Ta'if. And in Ta'if, in the region, and now known as Ta'if in Saudi Arabia. And it's been mentioned, as, as we mentioned previously, that the idol, and he represented a man, a righteous man, who used to feed those who used to come for Hajj. So when he died, when he died, they took that place as a place of worship. They took that place as a place of worship and they built on his grave. And some scholars mentioned there was a stone in that location. So the people used to spend a long period of time and he there seeking blessings from that place, seeking blessings from and worshipping this this man or that stone. And this was the case, and he, this is the case, and he, regarding the people of ignorance. And they used to do these types of actions. So they used to seek, and he, from him, and he, from this righteous man, and he passed away, they used to seek from him after his death, shafa'a, intercession. Because, and in their belief, 
he was a righteous man. And this is affirmed that he was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. But indeed, they went into hulu regarding him after he passed away and sought any blessings from worshipping him. Then Al-Uzza, which is mentioned in this ayah, which is one of the idols of the people of Mecca, a place close to Arafat. And it represents a group of trees. Okay, a group of trees, which are the, are the, some of the uh, tribes of the Arabs, they used to seek blessings are from those trees. And the third, Manat. And Manat was an idol between Mecca and Al-Madina. It's closer to Al-Madina. Closer to Al-Madina. And it was Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, those two tribes, the two Arab tribes, and they used to uh, seek blessings basically from it and worship it. And they used to put on the ihram, the state of ihram. They used to uh, take on the state of ihram at that point and before they headed off for hajj, okay, or pilgrimage, before they headed off the pilgrimage to the Kaaba. Now, we see these names, these three names of those three major idols. We notice something from those three names. That those three names have been made from any the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Names that are only befitting for Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah, the scholars mentioned that it was and he made and taken from the word and the name of Allah Al-Ilah, the one who deserves to be worshipped, the one who possesses the qualities uh, and the divine qualities and should be worshipped. Al-Uzza was taken from Al-Aziz. Al-Aziz means the Almighty. And Manat was taken from Al-Mannan. And the one who gives his bounty to his servants, provides to his servants and without uh, any limit. So here we see that from the ways of the people of Shilk, that they give these titles, these names, and to their uh, the object, their object of worship, whereby and they try to elevate them. They try to elevate them and to a status higher than they had. And this likewise, and it confuses some of the people who are ignorant when they see that such and such as such, such a name has been referred to as such and such, then those who are ignorant, they get attached and their hearts get attached to these names and therefore and they fall likewise in shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship of these uh, with these idols. Here we find, and even in our times, and the people of innovation are the people of shirk. They give nice descriptions and nice names for the shirk that they do. Okay? And we do not judge, and we do not judge something according to its name. But you need to judge something according to its reality, what it is. Okay? Now, if a glass of alcohol, a person came and says, this is juice. Okay? This is juice. Does that change the fact what the reality is? That it's alcohol? No, it doesn't change the fact. So, when you are, and you want to judge something, you want to know, is this allowed or not? Do not be confused by what the people call it, the name that's been attributed to it. Okay? Find out what it is. And then, and you can compare that to the, and the Quran and the Sunnah, what the Salaf was upon. And you'll know if this is something which is falsehood or if this is something which is, and the allowed. 
So the Sheikh continues and he, and he says, and regarding this verse, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when he revealed this verse and the meaning of this verse, meaning, أَخْبِرُونِي أَنْ هَذِي الْأَصْنَامِ Inform me, meaning inform me of these idols. هَلْ نَفَعَتْكُمْ وَهَلْ Did they or do they benefit you? Or do they cause you harm? But instead, as the Sheikh mentioned, rather, those idols, they cannot even protect their own selves. They cannot and he repel anything that can occur and he to, to them. It is because we see here at the Prophet that when he conquered Mecca, he destroyed and he those idols. He destroyed and he those idols. Proving here what the Shaykh is saying is of the falsehood the people worship and the idols, etc., etc., like the and in the pagan Arabs, they used to make these idols out of stones, etc., trees. These worldly things that they worship, are they able to protect themselves from any harm? And indeed not. If somebody worships a tree, that tree could be cut down. Somebody worships a rock, a stone, that stone could be and broken, could be destroyed. So these things is a way of and making the people think what you're worshipping here, you're giving your focus to, you worship, you're, you're worshipping this creation besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In reality, can they, do they have the ability to bring any good to you or even bring any good to themselves or protect themselves from any harm? So indeed not. So if they can't, therefore they are deficient. And if they are deficient, then they like all of the creation. All the creation is deficient. So therefore, we should only be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not the deficient creation. So here in this verse, Allah was rebuking the mushrikeen because they had attached themselves to these idols. They had attached themselves and to these idols and to make them reflect and have you not considered in Laat wal Uzza and Manat that they in reality they cannot defend their own selves they cannot bring any good to you and they cannot protect you from any harm so the Sheikh continues and he says so when the Prophet Sallallahu and he had re uh, reached this verse and recited this verse the shaytan and he uttered some words okay, with his own voice the shaytan the voice of the shaytan he uttered some words which created some confusion the shaytan uttered some uh, some words at that point these are the lofty angels and indeed, their intercession should be sought. Should be sought. The Sheikh says this kalam, this speech, and this part of the speech is from the Shaytan. And the Shaytan inserted it and within the recitation of the Prophet. And he he was unaware of that. He was unaware of what had occurred. But the mushrikeen, they had heard it and they were very delighted and they were pleased and with that because that sort of supported what they are upon and that supported and the shirk that they were upon. They said, He has mentioned our idols with good or our gods. He has mentioned our gods and with good. And this is what we want. We do not intend by our worship of them except that they intercede for us and before Allah. So if you uh, and he take that speech that the shaitan uttered, you'll find that it's supporting 
what the mushrikeen believe in support a type of shirk that they are upon that they call upon the creation I mean here their idols and for them they believe that when they worship their idols that their idols will intercede for them before Allah will intercede for them and before Allah so they are giving a portion of worship to the idols and believe that because they were righteous because they had possessed these righteous qualities so therefore they are closer to Allah and we are not so therefore by worshiping them they'll bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will intercede and he fought us so this statement actually and he supports what they believe in so that's why they were very delighted when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they were very delighted when they heard that speech because they thought that it was him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who had uttered it but instead it was the shaytan and they were unaware of that he says and we know that they cannot uh, give benefit bring benefit or they cannot harm any their own selves but what we want and from them is inter intercession is intercession and they and he uttered these words that muhammad said sallallahu alaihi wasallam that their intercession should be sought okay so they were spreading this kalam that their intercession should be sought so when he sallallahu alayhi wasallam reached and the end of the surah okay so now have this in mind he was reciting he reached that verse the shaitan uttered those words within his recitation and he was unaware of it he continued reciting so when he reached the end of the surah at that point in the last verse there is and he such that that you do a prostration so when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached فَسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ وَعْبُدُوا Therefore, and he prostrate to Allah and worship Him. So when he reached that point, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he prostrated. And the Muslims that were here and among, uh, with him, they prostrated and he along with him. And the mushrikeen likewise, because they were so happy of what they had heard that they thought and they were claiming that Muhammad was in agreement of what they were upon. So therefore, they prostrated and he with him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, because they were so pleased and delighted about that kalam and he with that kalam that the shaitan had uttered and inserted and within the recitation of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam the shaykh says they were so happy with this they were so delighted the mushrikeen they were so delighted that even al-walid ibn al-mughira which was one of the elders and amongst the mushrikeen he was old. He was so happy that he was not able to prostrate. He was too old. He could not go down to prostrate on the floor, on the ground. So what he did in instead, with his delight, he took a handful of and he dust, soil, and he prostrated it uh, on it in his palm of his hands. That's how delighted they were he could not prostrate and he down so he took some and some soil some torab from the floor and he placed his forehead on it and his face on it prostrating and along with the prophet sallallahu alayhi and he was so the shaykh continued and he says so that situation there and that khabar that event it became any well known and the people spread this around 
that the Prophet وسلم, they were saying that the Prophet had reconciled with the Mushrikeen, that he had reconciled and he with them, and that he had acknowledged that what they were upon regarding the worship of Lat and Uzza and Manat, that that is okay for the purpose of Shafa'ah. It was okay for the purpose of seeking intercession. This is what the people were claiming. This is what the Mushrikeen uh, were claiming. And that information, that khabar, and he reached the Muhajireen, which had left Mecca, and he for the Ard al-Habasha, and it was al-Habasha, and Ethiopia. So the Muslims there, they heard it. They heard the claim that the Prophet ﷺ had reconciled with the Mushrikeen, and that now they have an agreement upon something. <coughs> uh, therefore, uh, even they even heard the khabar that people are saying that the Mushrikeen had entered into Al-Islam. All of them had entered into Al-Islam. So they returned. They left Al-Habasha. They left Al-Habasha and returned to Makkah, like their homeland. And he hoping there was, that khabar was true, that the Mushrikeen, they had entered into Al-Islam and they were no longer harming the Muslimin. So when they reached Mecca, they found that that information that they had heard was incorrect. And that the Mushrikeen, they were still persisting and opposing the Prophet wasallam and going against him. And they were still harming the Muslimin. And they were still harming the Muslimin. So when the, the people informed the Prophet ﷺ that you had recited these words and in your recitation that you had recited this when he heard this he ﷺ was saddened and he was saddened and he, uh, that the people and he thought that he had uttered such a statement that they thought that he had uttered a statement and he which and he supported and he shirk so he was saddened by this and he, until allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed uh any the verses in surah al-hajj وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ وَلَا نَبِيٍ إِلَّا إِذَا تَمَنَّا أَلْقُ الشَّيْطَانُ فِي أُمْنِيَّتِهِ When Allah revealed and we have not sent from before you no messenger and no prophet except that when they recited that the shaytan and they inserted and they uttered and his speech in their recitation in their recitation and the verse continues Allah continues that verse and he says and Allah establishes and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he invalidates and falsifies and and he cancels and rejects that that which the shaytan had uttered and in their recitation then allah establishes his verses and his signs wallahu hakim and allah is all-knowing and all-wise the verse after this continues Allah says so that Allah and so that he makes that which the shaytan had uttered a fitna a tribulation for those whose hearts contain disease, and those whose hearts whose hearts are diseased, and those whose hearts 
are hardened. And indeed, the ظالمين, the transgression, لَفِي شِقَاكٍ بَعِيدٍ And لَفِي شِقَاكٍ بَعِيدٍ Indeed, they are any distant. They are in a far off any opposition. وَلِيَعْلَمُ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمُ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَيُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ وَتُخْبِتَ لَهُ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَهَادِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمٍ And that those who possesses knowledge that they know that this is the haqq from any their Lord and he meaning the verse that Allah has established that they know that this is the haqq from their Lord and they believe in it they believe in it and that their hearts may submit to it with humility. And indeed Allah and He guides those who have believed to the straight path. To the straight and to the straight path. Allah says, and it will not cease, and those who disbelieve will not cease in any doubt, any regarding it, until the hour will approach them suddenly. And the torment of the day, and it will come to them the torment of the day after which there will be no, and there will be no night. So this is the verses Ani, regarding uh, Ani, this. And there are some of the scholars have mentioned that this event is the Sabab al-Nuzul and is the reason and is the Sabab al-Nuzul for these verses in Surah Al-Hajj. That when this occurred, these verses was revealed to the Prophet So the Sheikh says regarding this verse Ani, that we have just Ani, mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he invalidated that ziyadah that the shaitan had uttered and, and said within the recitation of the Prophet and cancelled it and in meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established his verse correctly made clear what his actual verse is and, and he invalidated that ziyadah and that extra speech that the shaitan had recited and made the people confused and made them believe that that was from the speech of the Prophet And actually those verses are actually in opposition to what the mushrikeen and he believed. These verses that the Prophet had recited was actually in opposition to that belief that the uh, which the Mushrikeen had believed in and attributed to those uh, idols. So therefore, Ali Al-Furazan, and he mentions in another of his uh, Sharh and of this that indeed it is impossible for anyone or anything to add anything to the Quran, to the revelation. So there are many who have tried to alter the Quran, to add to it or to remove to it, as we've seen here since the Bidayah of the revelation, when the revelation was revealed, that the shaitan tried, and on this occasion he had tried to insert speech in it to make the people confused and think that uh, and this falsely he had uttered that that was from the revelation. The Sheikh said, because the Quran has been preserved, it's been protected. Allah says, Indeed, it is we who have sent down the reminder, and indeed, we will preserve it. So, Allah has preserved this Quran from anything that the people may try to add to it 
or remove any from it. And those who have tried, the Sheikh says, are many. And they are many. So therefore, Allah has protected the Quran from them. Because the Quran, Allah has promised that it is protected, that it is preserved until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the Quran from the dunya, from this earth on Yom al Qiyamah. Then we go into a and a very interesting discussion. The Sheikh he mentions that this event, this story, this event has been uh, narrated from Ibn Abbas with a narration that is uh, with a uh, sanad, a chain of narration that is connected and meaning authentic. And this has been mentioned likewise from some of the Tabi'een. And with some of uh, some uh, asanid, some chain of narrations, which basically they're not any muttasila, they're not connected. And some of the ulama, some of the scholars, they have and he actually rejected uh, this uh, event from occurring because they said that the narrations that have come have mentioned this event that indeed that they are and he weak that they are weak that the 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 uh is munqati'a and the the chain of narrations that they are not connected so therefore and he which makes it and he weak they said for example ibn kathir he basically and he, his opinion is that this event has not come in a narration that is authentic. Okay, so therefore, and he, with this color, it is not accepted. And likewise, Sheikh Al-Albani, he's got some uh, and kalam and book that he's written on it. And from the scholars, and it has basically said that the narrations of, and he agree, they saw the narration, sorry, they uh, strengthen one another, and from them is Ibn Hajar. And this is found in Fat al-Bari. So we see here that the scholars differ regarding the authenticity of this event. Some say that the chain of narration is weak, it's not connected, so therefore we cannot accept this event. Whilst other scholars, they say, upon our research, we see that they strengthen one another. They strengthen one another. But this they say that they are from the Tabi'een and from the previous scholars in the past that they have basically affirmed and this, this event. And so again here we see that some of the scholars have only rejected this event uh, and some of the scholars have uh, accepted this event and say that it came into a and in certain narrations that strengthen one another and, and they are sort of and he makes it authentic. But even though, and we definitely know from the verse that and this has occurred with every single prophet and every single messenger that the shaitan has inserted and his speech when they were reciting revelation and to their people that they have the shaitan has tried with every messenger and every prophet to insert and to utter some false speech when every single messenger and prophet had uttered a revelation uh, which they had received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the scholars mentioned and this does not only mean that something was added to the Quran or something like that or that the Prophet had recited it himself, had said this himself. But no, it is the shaitan who had said it. The Prophet ﷺ, he did not even know that he had occurred. He did not hear it. And as we know, Allah has preserved the Quran. Nothing can be added to this Quran. And we see from the verse where Allah has mentioned and that this has occurred, had occurred and with every single and prophet and messenger. So therefore, 
we learn from the verse that the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed for this to occur is as he mentioned and he has a tribulation and a trial for the people a tribulation and a trial and he for the people to and you see in this situation you notice those who truly believe and do not let any doubt enter their hearts and you see from those who whose hearts contain doubt then they fall into the tribulation they fall into the tribulation and those whose heart are hardened they and they even fall into more any tribulation and we had any speech from Sheikh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'di regarding these verses and to read and there's even more speech from Sheikh Saleh al-Fawzan uh, so we will just mention one point here and before we conclude and the question is why has the shaykh mentioned this event and he here what are we supposed to learn from this event what are we supposed to take away from it he says that the author has mentioned this event here and he regarding and in the shahid is when the shaykh, the mushrikeen they heard this they heard this speech that the shaytan had uttered within the recitation of the prophet and they had said that uh, we do not worship our idols except for seeking intercession meaning this is what we want this is what we like okay this is what we are upon okay that they themselves they're not worshiping these idols except for intercession claiming that they do not of course believe that those idols create or provide for us in any form we do not believe that they are the creator or the sustainer or that they can bring us any uh, all of the benefits of the world of the dunya but we only worship them because we want their intercession we want them to intercede for us before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the sheikh he has mentioned this event to invalidate and falsify this reason or this belief that the mushrikeen and you have okay to falsify so when you learn and in this event that this had occurred and then the shaitan said this kalam which of supports seeking shafa'a from idols and from those who passed away then you learn that allah invalidated what the shaitan had said and the prophet rejected and he that and the mushrikeen then they opposed the prophet when they heard that the prophet is negating this that he never said this that he's not in agreement with this that this is speech of the shaitan so therefore here to make the people and who ascribe themselves to al-islam and that they have the same sort of beliefs they have the same sort of reasoning for their worship of other than Allah and this is reality there's a lot of people who ascribe themselves to al-islam and they are worshiping graves seeking intercession making dua to, the, to those in the graves etc etc this occurs only from those who ascribe themselves to al-islam and there's many countries around the world where this is happening so they have the same they give the same reasoning okay we're not worshiping them we're only seeking intercession from them they were righteous we believe they were righteous they were righteous they were closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now they've passed away and us making dua to them and worshiping them etc etc will bring us closer to allah same thing this is why the, the sheikh and he mentioned this event here so for those who ascribe themselves to al-islam who have these types of beliefs and the reasoning they're doing the same thing therefore understand that the mushrikeen in the time of the prophet ﷺ, had the same belief okay they were saying the same things they were doing the same actions they were seeking intercession from those who passed away in the graves etc etc their idols but what 
occurred here and here we see that the person had rejected that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had invalidated and in this falsehood that the shaitan tried to utter in the recitation of the Prophet وسلم, and we see that when the mushrikeen and he came and acknowledged and came to see that actually you know he's basically doesn't agree to that so what did he do? and he, they still opposed the Prophet وسلم, fought them so therefore and for those who reflect to see that and to have and analyze these issues correctly that these type of reasoning that people say a lot of people who ascribe themselves to al-islam that we are making dua to those in the graves those who righteous past uh, they were righteous imams etc etc we are only making dua to them to seek intercession so that they can ask Allah for us to intercede. They are our middle person. We're not worshipping them. We're worshipping Allah, but we're worshipping Allah through them. Okay? So compare that situation and compare that situation of the mushrikeen. They are exactly the same. And what has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is Allah's ruling for this? It's falsehood and it is shirk. Invalidates, it's not accepted. And... It was not accepted at the start of Islam. It was not anything of the part of Islam. And when Islam was completed, these were considered to be shirk, worship, worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what it was, and that was going to be. Even if people make the best of claims, and they say that we have the best of intentions, we're not doing anything wrong, we are sinful, they were righteous, and we are just using them. Okay? As I mentioned earlier, people try to give a beautiful name to something which is falsehood and try to paint it as it is something basically Islamic. Okay? Something is Islamic, something which is good. So therefore we need to understand any of these issues correctly and compare it any to that which uh, the evidence is in our religion and it is. And here, and the last little point I wanted to say is, we'll leave for next time, inshallah. Yes, sallallahu alayhi wa